Bruce McConnell, one of the top strategists behind the Obama administration's cybersecurity initiatives, is leaving government service. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. McConnell joined the Department of Homeland Security in July 2009 as its senior counselor for cybersecurity. For the last four months of his tenure at DHS, he filled in as acting deputy undersecretary for cybersecurity. I sat down with McConnell at the offices of his new employer, the global security think tank Least West Institute, where we discussed the threats in cyberspace, as well as his years developing cybersecurity policy for the government. Alan Friedman of the Brookings Institution says your thinking was ahead of its time. Quote, McConnell's position on cybersecurity has remained largely unchanged while the world around him slowly converged on it. Is it true that people came to your thinking, or if not, how did your thinking evolve about cybersecurity over the past four years? My thinking has remained consistent on a couple of points and probably has changed on a couple of points. The continuity uh, includes the importance of remembering that cyberspace is a civilian space. It's a marketplace, it's a neighborhood, it's a schoolyard, it's a playground. Whatever we do to secure it, we need to do that in a way that retains its essential nature, its vibrancy, its openness, innovation, while maintaining resilience and peacefulness in the space. I think that has stayed consistent. The other thing I continue to believe even more strongly is that uh, security takes a village. I mean, cyberspace is a global village, and so it's not just one agency, not even one government. It takes companies, it takes individuals, it takes uh, governments and citizens around the world and, and multinational corporations to make it work. So the, those two things have stayed the same, civilian space and it takes a village. I think what's changed is a better appreciation for how important it is to bring in the private sector, private sector technology, private sector solutions. One example of that at DHS was when we moved away in the Einstein program from using government-furnished technology to basically adopting commercial solutions to provide the network defense for the .gov domain. For those who may not be familiar with Einstein, why don't you just take a moment to explain what Einstein is? Great. Einstein is a program that DHS sponsors to keep the .gov secure. It's a network defense program. It uses uh, intrusion detection and intrusion prevention on the .gov network to block bad things from coming in and stop good things from going out to the wrong place. Thing, one place my thinking has evolved is the importance of use of private sector technology in providing solutions in that. I guess the second thing, if I were to think about it, is the idea that the importance of linking security and privacy. One of the things that's interesting at DHS is that every system that handles personal information faces the public has an unclassified privacy impact assessment that has been published and you can look it up. It is possible to link privacy and security by the use of transparency and I think my thinking has become more nuanced on that point and that it's really important to keep those two things together. Let's take those two concepts that you just brought up. First, rely more on the private sector. And, and, and speaking of a village, which, which involves government, the private sector, I guess individuals as well. In the netizens. Exactly, the netizens. Right now, the administration is creating a cybersecurity framework aimed particularly at uh, protecting the, uh, the critical infrastructure. Of course, there's been a lot of resistance against government regulation. And this is something that the that business could voluntarily adopt once it's completed. Is that the, really the right way to go, or are there circumstances when you need to have more forcefulness from the government? 
You're right. Cybersecurity framework, I think, is a premier effort right now that the government is hosting, really, but it's really private sector-led to develop a way of thinking about cybersecurity risks to critical infrastructure, both privately owned critical infrastructure as well as government owned, whether it's the local water company or the power company or the banks. This effort hosted by NIST is really involving the private sector in a big way. And at the end of the day, it'll have three different parts. It will have a risk management framework, which will allow us all to communicate better with CEOs about how to think about cyber as a risk, just like they think about operational risks and financial risks. The second piece, of course, will be a compendium of all the technical standards and controls that uh, are possible for people to use. And the third part is a maturity model. So one of the risks in creating this framework was that it would create just a floor which would become the ceiling and people would just do the minimum. The maturity model allows companies to gauge themselves against the various levels of maturity from just a strict compliance-based approach to a more culture of security. You asked whether or not the private sector is going to do this on its own or whether sometimes there's a need for government to step in. I think the jury is still out. The administration decided to take a voluntary approach in part because the Congress did not take action on the administration's legislative proposal, which was mostly voluntary, but it had a few mandatory elements such as mandatory incident reporting. And I think we are all going to try to see whether that works and whether the industry is able to step up to this. I'm very hopeful that that will be the case, but we'll all have to see. It seems to be political reasons why you're doing this voluntary approach. At the same time, you're saying you you seem to have more trust or belief in the abilities of business. Is that a change of attitude by you over these years that business can do more? Or is it just the political realities that there are elements where you feel that there is a maybe stronger role for government, but it just can't be accomplished in this uh, environment? Certainly there's no consensus that it's time for government to move in this place, and I don't think there is enough data to make the case at this point. So that's point one. Point two is that business needs to be incentivized in order to make these investments. I think most information security professionals would say that we as a country are not investing as much as we should in information security. The market incentives aren't right where they need to be. And that was one of the reasons that President in the Cybersecurity Executive Order asked Homeland Security and Treasury and Commerce to produce reports on incentives. How do you incentivize firms to adopt stronger cybersecurity practices? We're speaking in early August and there's been a lot of news surrounding NSA programs. DHS is a partner with NSA in securing the government about collecting information on American citizens. I don't want to go into the details or even getting your opinions whether that's right or wrong. What I want to address is the issue of trust and trusting government. Because basically what I'm hearing from people in government is that it's conducted in secret and we're basically hearing people say, you have to trust us. We're not using this information to spy on Americans. We're trying to use this to collect information to prevent bad things happening to America. But there's still this lack of trust, and we're both of a generation, and we remember the Nixon White House using information should not have had in going after citizens. You know what goes on in these programs. A lot of us don't. Should we trust you, and why? So you can have security and privacy. 
And I think the way that you get there is through transparency. DHS programs have publicly published privacy impact assessments, which explain exactly what information DHS collects from the public, how it's collected, how it's stored, how it's used, how it's destroyed when it's no longer used or if it isn't needed. Those can be reviewed by the public. And I think that transparency can build trust. And one of the problems in the current set of revelations has been people were surprised to learn about these programs, and that does not build trust. One of the things that we've been seeing now as the administration has started to declassify some information about these programs is that it is possible, actually, to talk more in an unclassified way about things than the security establishment sometimes likes to do. Certainly, you don't want to reveal all the details about who, where, when, but the general outlines of the program, I think, are now being discussed, and I think that's healthy. In the United States in the 50s and 60s, we had a debate, a public debate about the nuclear age and the Cold War and the strategies of mutually assured destruction. And as we move forward into cyberspace, we need to also expose these questions to the American people and build consensus around what it's appropriate for government to do, how we want to balance the security and privacy pieces. So for whatever all the bad things that have or may happen because of these disclosures, as the president says, Americans should welcome the debate. And it's a good thing from that standpoint. Just heard two things here. One is that the inability to pass regulations in Congress, the now public clamor because of these leaks, that is forcing the government to be more transparent or more forward. Talk a little bit about the political process and that influence on cybersecurity. So I would say the American people definitely need more help from the Congress. It's been disappointing, certainly from my former seat and as a citizen, to see the Congress's inability to pass even basic legislation in the cybersecurity area. This kind of legislation is needed to clarify the roles and responsibilities of government and to create the basis for the kind of trust that's needed in cyberspace and the roles between the government agencies and the roles of the private sector. It's been discouraging to see that lack of activity. I I believe the last significant piece of legislation to pass Congress was in 2002, was it? 2003 was the E-Government Act with, uh, where FISMA was part of it. You know, so we've gone a decade without any significant cybersecurity legislation. I am really surprised when you hear so much agreement on 90-95% of what should be done and you can't get it passed. Why? As we all know, all politics is local, and the way the political system has evolved in the United States, there's really no incentive for members to take a leadership role on a national level in terms of legislation. That being the case, it's very hard for Congress to find consensus and agreement on, on even basic things. I mean, so we've seen that not just in cybersecurity, but across the board. One of the things that concerns me is that in today's world, we need government to be more agile, not less agile. And it's not at all clear to me how we get out of this bind, turning, if I may, to the question of governance of the internet. So there you have a environment where there's multiple stakeholders. Certainly national governments are acting and will act in cyberspace, but if you think about who has cyber power, you also have to include large IT firms and information services firms and cloud companies and information companies. And then the netizens have great power as well in cyberspace. For the future of cyberspace and the way it needs to be governed, we need to find ways to bring all those different groups together in a more agile way. One of the things that we looked at earlier last year, right, 
was the Wicket Conference in Dubai, which was governments only. It's in a UN organization. There are industry observers. We need to find ways to create either ad hoc or formal institutions which balance the various interests in cyberspace in a way that's closer to what is happening on the ground. That's Bruce McConnell, who just stepped down as Acting Deputy Undersecretary for Cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security. In the next installment of this conversation, McConnell addresses one of the thorny issues confronting government and business, sharing cyber threat information. Please look for part two of our interview on our website. I'm Eric Chabro for Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.